0: Hello again. We're back with episode four of Flowers After Hours. I'm Kai, founder of Dalston-based flower studio, my lady garden. Today we'll be wining and dining with Hannah Crosby, wine writer and founder of Dalston Wine Club. Join us as we have a chat and pair a selection of McDonald's finest menu items with carefully chosen wines. Well, we're sat here with a pile of steaming fries. Mm. We've got some nuggets. We've got a double quarter pounder with cheese Ooh. and we've got hannah crosby
1: hi how are you hi. doing Hi, <laughs> good how are you yeah i'm great thank you happy yeah. to be out of the rain if i'm honest
0: oh my goodness what is up with this rain and sun i'm a bit over it but it's all right we're indoors and we've got a very fun evening ahead mm. we're gonna be pairing this lovely lovely mcdonald's with some beautiful wines
1: i'm um, so excited because we've done this before <laughs> uh just across the road it's not our first rodeo this is not our first rodeo <laughs> it's the second rodeo very much um Yeah, first time went down so well. We went to Renegade Wines and we thought we actually need to do this for the
0: podcast. Correct. That's how, yeah, that's when I met you for the first time. Oh shit, yeah. That is when I met you for the first time. We were like, we need to do this again. Uh, And here we are. On air. On air. (laughs)
1: For everyone to hear.
0: Exactly. I mean, let's not,
1: the food, we don't want it to get cold. No. So where should we start with fries? So yeah, so we've got um, double quarter pounder um, fries and chicken love with, it uh what kind of dip we've got oh sweet, sweet and, and sour, sour. <laughs> i've actually never had sweet and sour dip before so i'm really really excited i'm a bit um, of a ketchup purist at a stretch i'll go with a barbecue um, dip but that's about it um so yeah we've got so the wines just for full disclosure we've the wines that we've got are from this amazing so i've come fresh from a tasting so i've already had quite a bit of wine today <laughs> um but they very, very kindly boxed us up a few samples for us to try. Um Angels. it's an amazing um woman owned business, two sisters. Um the business is called Emile Wines. Um Rebecca, um, the buyer is like an ex Burgundy specialist, so she knows Fun. all all the shit that you need to know about burgundy. Uh, but then it's also got like a real love for natural wine at the same time. So Either it's or. kind of, you know, Combining wow. the worlds of, like, old-school burgundy with, like, new, like, natural sensibilities. And I think we're in for... I think we're in treats. for an absolute trait. Where do we start? What's first? So, we've got a natural champagne. Oof! A natural champagne. wait. Um, so, I've got my notes in front of me. I do not have that good a memory. <laughs> um, so, this is from Vie in Champagne. Um, it's 28% Chardonnay, 30% Pinot Noir, 42% Pinot Meunier. So, like, all Let's of, like, the sip. classic varieties I'm swooshing Mm. I'm swooshing Mm -hmm. in my glass and we're
0: Mm. Mm. sorry what was that noise you just made
1: so like (laughs) when you're like professionally tasting wine like the idea is to like for it to like coat the entirety of your mouth so what you kind of want to do is you want to like swish it around like it's mouthwash make sure it's covering like every because you know like when you're a kid and you're learning about the tongue and you see like the little different areas on it like different areas that detect sweet sour acid like That's kind of what you want to do, like, when you're kind of, like, properly assessing a champagne. And then what, like, that little, like, Mm. slurpy sound is, like, getting more oxygen into your mouth, as we all do with our mouths every day, unconsciously, (laughs) but, like, in a more conscious way so that we can kind of, like, get more oxygen to interact with the wine. I mean,
0: who knew? Not me. Here I am. Here we go.
1: I just swoosh, swoosh, have a sip, sip. May I have a fry now? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Every day is a school day, so... Mm usually like a really really good pairing anyone will tell you that a good pairing with champagne is anything like deep fried fatty so i just thought that like mm. and now i mean with my mouth open anything like deep fried and fatty is amazing with champagne because it's got this really electric acidity that really kind of like cuts through that fat and that um deep friediness so i just love think that, that mm. what a great starter you know and it's really good it
0: was so
1: good and you've got like yeah, apple toast, kind of like a little bit of brioche. Like I think it's Asian oak for eight months, so it's got like this amazing. Like I think that meal have really spoiled us with this wine. Mm. Really amazing. I've become like a bit of like a slut for champagne, like <laughs> a bit of a slut for like gross champagne at the moment. Love so good because you get all like the kind of classic like mewet and like Taittinger and like just like essentially like farmers grape growers like making their own champagne like in the region just so cool so fascinating love love it it. is
0: it is fascinating Mm. the wine world is so fascinating i feel like i just i'd love to learn more about it
1: this is why i'm friends with you exactly well that's the thing like when you're outside the wine industry it just seems so untouchable like unless you are balding and have like a pair of red chinos you think that like (laughs) you're not (laughs) it feels like a bit of an impenetrable industry but like even like people in their 50s, like I was having a conversation with someone the other day, Even people, it's not as if like you get to the age 50 and every year by osmosis, you learn about wine. Like there's no. still people who are middle-aged Mm-mm. and they feel embarrassed that they don't know anything about wine. But like it, there's, there's still so much further to go to make wine just as an accessible thing yeah. like, as I mean, beer and as spirits now are.
0: How did you get into
1: the wine world? Mm. How did you start? As you put a chip in your mouth, sorry. Yeah, that no, it's a well-timed okay. so I'm, question. I swallowed really, really quickly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I got into wine, like how I feel like most people get into wine. Um, My family aren't in wine. My family didn't really drink much when I grew up, which was like a conscious decision. It was a really conscious decision for them um, because they didn't like the idea of, and I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning this. They didn't like the idea of like a kid seeing a parent, like not in control and not Mm, being like an authority figure, which was so, so like, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was like. I say a big sacrifice because, like, if I had a kid kid tomorrow, I'd be, like, drinking every other day. Yeah, But, like, it was so, like, such a really, really amazing thing that they did. Um, So, yeah, I I grew up with, like, alcohol not really being in the house. Like, Mm -hmm. my dad always made cider, but that was more of kind of, like, a making thing. It wasn't like a, I'm making more cider so I can get drunk kind of thing. It was, like, my dad's very in touch with kind of, like, making things and doing things with his hands. It was an extension of that. But besides that, there wasn't really any alcohol in the house. Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer. I had like my first alcoholic drink when I was like seventeen, which is prehistoric by British oh, standards. I was
0: I was pretty similar. I didn't mm. like, I just didn't really,
1: yeah, didn't really drink that much. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then it wasn't until like I was in um, I got my first job at a fine dining restaurant when I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I started, it was like really like rudimentary stuff, like we didn't have a sommelier by any means, but we would start to pair wine with food. So like as a waitress, I would serve wine semi-illegally because I was seventeen. Naughty. I would <laughs> naughty. I would um serve wine and um serve the pairings. And then I became very interested quite quickly in the relationship that food had with wine. Mm-hmm. Not wine as like a unique thing of its own self that came a bit later but I became quite interested with the relationship between food and wine and how like you can take a sip of the same wine with like three different pieces of food and the mm. wine will taste completely different it might yeah. taste like really flabby it might taste really fruity and it might taste like really bitter and acidic with the same wine with three different bits of food and then I suppose that interest kind of lay dormant for quite a few years because like again kind of moving back like all of the people that I saw who were in wine so like the Oz Clarks, the people that you saw on like Saturday Kitchen, like I didn't really see myself in any Mm. of them. I had this interest in wine, but like I didn't know like where I could get in the industry. I didn't think there were people like me in the industry. So yeah, that interest lay dormant for quite a few years and it kind of um, culminated in things like bringing Bottles of Prosecco to Priz when everyone else was bringing orange juice and vodka, which is probably a little bit more like cost effective. But um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who I thought I was looking back. But um, but yeah, it wasn't until I kind of like moved to London, um, I became quite immersed in the hospitality scene. I've always spent an obscene amount of money on food and drink and those kinds of experiences. Started getting into tasting wine in that setting. And then by pure chance, I um, shared a house with a general manager for like one of like the most amazing restaurants for wine mm-hmm. in London and she like me is Scottish incredibly down to earth like incredibly supportive of me when I was having like breakdowns in the middle of the night like mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do and she was always <laughs> so cool so calm but a while after I moved in with I was living with her it kind of clicked like there are people like me in that industry And if I'm honest, it only took like a month of like going to tastings and like going to these events that I found that there were so many people like me, just like, you just don't see them. Like they get into wine, not for like the fame or to write books or to do this or to that. They get into wine because they genuinely love it. And those are the kinds of people that I like, I'm now lucky enough to spend my time with. So that's kind of been like the journey for me, like kind of like penetrating, finally penetrating the uh, stuffy wine industry. Amazing.
0: I love that. I mean, I don't. Mm. I guess I'm friends with you, but I'm not friends with many of those
1: mm.
0: annoying wine people. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such an interesting industry. And then when when did you start uh, Dalston Wine Club? Is that was that a lockdown baby? Was that pre lockdown? Because now we're working
1: together. We're doing a wine oh, yeah. club together, yeah, which is super fun. Yeah, um, I'm sure tickets will have sold out by the time this comes out. But, but... more <laughs> more will be coming soon. Uh, watch yeah. this space. Um. Yeah, I suppose I always start my Dalston Wine Club spiel with saying that it was born out of a frustration because yeah. when I was trying to penetrate that industry, um, I did know people. I was interested in wine, but anyone will tell you that in order to learn about wine, you have to taste a shitload of wine, mm-hmm. and unless you are lucky enough to have a family that have like amazing bottles of wine at your disposal, I mean. Mm-hmm. I go to university with my friends and they're like, oh, yeah, my dad has a bottle of, like, Mutton Rothschild, like, in their cellar." I'm like, huh, good for you. Like, I didn't grow up, like, with a family having, like, loads and loads of wine about. Um, and the other option is if you have, like, again, money, it comes down to it. Yeah. It comes down to money. Um. Unless you have, like, loads of money where you can open loads of bottles at the same time, there isn't really that opportunity to critically taste like yourself and also the other way in is if you're like privy to trade tastings where you can taste like loads of wines like Mm -hmm. taste loads and loads of samples of wines like all from the same region or all from the same producer. like the one we went to yeah like the one we went to just across the road yes we did um (laughs) unless you're able to go to like loads of trade tastings like you aren't able to like draw a point of comparison comparing wines is one of the easiest ways that you learn so i thought wouldn't it be great if young people could like pay a ticket price and then all of the wines that just so happened to be by the glass that night are all from the same producer, they're mm-hmm. all from the same region, they're all the same wine style, or there's one theme tying them all together that helps you kind of like assess, compare, and well, like critically, people. yeah, educate and like critically like taste wine as opposed to just swigging it. And then kind of like I thought about like all of the other events that I'd been to, or people say that they'd been to, where Just like, again, a guy in red chinos stands Mm -hmm. up in front of a crowd. You all swirl, you sip. You are way too scared to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't 100% get the language that they're using. I mean, like, if you go to, like, a wine event and someone's like, oh, yes, these tannins are very snappy and you've never tasted a wine before. Sorry, what's a tannin? Exactly. Exactly. What is a tannin? Tannins. So they're things that you get from... um... Very educational podcast. I know, it's very educational. So tannins you get from the um, stem and the seed of the grapes. Mm. So the way that I found really interesting and useful to describe tannins is, you know, when like you have like a cup of tea, like a cup of green tea, and you have like the dregs right at the end, and you're like, oh, yeah, I may as well finish it, it's cold. And your mouth feels very dried out it feels very stemmy, it feels like you've kind of almost chewed a plant. That's kind of like the mouthfeel of tannins. So they kind of like really helped to add to like Tannen, a body and a texture of a wine. A mouth feel mouthfeel of a chewed plant. Yes, exactly. We <laughs> should get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> We're circling back to like, yeah, the stemmy, like flowery theme. Yes. But, um, but yeah. And, that's and, how it started. But that's how it started. So I was just thinking like, just go to a space. You're with your mates. Love it. You're just sitting and chilling. You're drinking nice wine. It's tasty. And then when your glass is empty... Some annoying girl comes around, tells you about the next one. You can feel comfortable to ask questions, yeah. and then I fuck off, and then you can just enjoy your night.
0: No, I think that's great. It's comfortable. It's accessible. Mm. It does like, it's not like too wanky. Like it just and your, mm. just your slurpy noise gets me every time.
1: I can't and do I'm it. And I'm you. Say it's not too wanky. It's like oh I am wanky. <laughs> um. Right. Wine number two. Let's go. Uh. Wine number two. Wine
0: number two. <laughs> Let me finish. Wine number one. Yeah, I've finished already. Mm. Wine number two is with chicken
1: nuggets. Yeah, wine number two is with chicken nuggets. Crisp,
0: delicious, chicken morsels of joy.
1: Yes, quite. I don't know A if you can hear the pouring. about McDonald's. If
0: you can hear the pouring,
1: that would sound very good. Hold on, I know right. it's like ASMR. Just, Do you want to pass it every pouring. Yes, so. ready?
0: ASMR, go. Kind of sounds like someone peeing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the moment ruined. <laughs> Right, so the second one that we have is from um, Domaine Guiseau. So the first time I went to go and taste the meal wines, again, Burgundy specialists, was the first time I tasted Domaine Guiseau. And I was completely blown away with the fact that they are natural wine pioneers of the Burgundy region. Um, They're based kind of like in and all around of Burgundy. Um, This specific wine is from Auxerrois. But I was just completely blown away with like how amazingly textured and complex they were. For literally like twenty pounds a bottle. Like you can get like that Love entry this. level stuff for like eighteen quid, which I know sounds like ridiculous, but for a wine that's quite labor intensive, that doesn't have like any additives, any um herbicides, pesticides used in the vineyard, it's like insanely good value. Um, so I was talking to Rebecca from Emile about what wine she thought would go with chicken nuggies. <laughs> and um she <laughs> recommended this one to me. So it's the Buermont. Which we are having B I A U M O N T. I mean, we will also write down a list of all that we drank I, and I all quite, that we ate. Although I was quite impressed, that I wasn't able to spell it the first time. So Look please impressive, keep but I will be also <laughs> writing it down. So um, again, like it's Burgundy, so it's going to be hundred percent Chardonnay, organic and biodynamic certified, Ooh-hoo. which is super cool. Um, so we've got the official tasting note that I have in front of me: smoky with loads of lemon confit and an attractive reduction. The palette is statuesque, almost Cote Dorian in style, with a nod to Village Merceau. With a nod. (laughs) Incredibly impressive. So they said that this would be like the perfect kind of like buttery textured thing to have with a chicken nugget. Mm. So like when you can kind of, yeah, when you're biting into a chicken nugget, like the crust isn't like too solid. It's still like pretty like, it's pretty firm, but it's like not too, so you don't want anything like too structured. I'm just gonna. (laughs) It's so buttery. I just think that. My other um idea for this one was going to be like a big oaky Californian Chardonnay, but I mm. thought that would just completely overwhelm because like Yum. chicken nuggets are quite delicate. Like they're delicate things. I cannot tell you my love
0: for chicken nuggets. No. It's quite embarrassing. I love them. Mmm. It's so fucking good. Currently thoroughly enjoying this chicken nugget. Mm. Uh And also the wine. Let me do no oh, yeah. a sip, a sip. Mm-mm. Mmm. It is quite a buttery wine. Mm. I remember with the first I when we went to that tasting. Mm. Um I found it really hard cuz that's probably the first time I've been to a tasting where I tried loads of different wines. Mm. Um well, I found it perfect. I found it really hard to when you were like taste butter. I was like I can't taste I just taste wine. You're like just mm. pretend like you're not drinking wine and then yeah. think about it. Do you remember that one that tasted like mango yogurt? I do remember the one I that tasted like mango I st- yogurt. <laughs>
1: I still can remember that because I pretended like I wasn't drinking wine and then suddenly I was drinking mango yogurt that's the thing like that was one of the biggest tips like I can't remember who told it to me I think it might have been Anya smolsky who's this amazing um she's a close friend and she's an amazing um person that curates wine lists for loads of amazing restaurants in the city uh-huh. um drink every time Hannah says amazing but um she I think it was her who gave me the tip like when you are smelling wine pretend you're smelling literally anything other than wine Tint, there's, like, there's literally like anything in your glass other than white, and that really, really helped me because it helps you completely disconnect from like all of the pomp mm. and the circumstance. Like, but I think so. Like when you go to a tasting and you're like, oh, I can smell elderflower. Everyone's like, oh shit, yeah, I actually can smell elderflower, but I didn't connect the dots before. Like it's not until someone says something and you know yeah. that's what to look for that you're like, oh shit, yeah. But it's all about like again, it's 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 anything. Like the palate is a muscle. Must be, to, it, it must be trained it that must be trained palate is a muscle that must be trained sounds, have you ever seen the tenacious d movie no well, but i like, do know the song tribute ah well that's like what what's from it's from the movie um there is a i'm gonna not sing in the microphone that's no. not one of my free songs i feel really good though. i didn't pick it now but it should be a maybe song. maybe it could be on my my list of three. Oh, excellent um yeah there's a whole scene in the tenacious d movie where it's like the cock is a muscle You must train it every day. (laughs) That's a really shit American accent. I'm sorry. It's like one cock push up every day. Oh dear. (laughs) But it's like, it's like that with the palate. You just do one palate push up every day and then you're- How many palate
0: push ups have you done?
1: Hundred In my life or?
0: No, since you've started wine. I'm going to say, like, do you do one a day?
1: I'm going to say, I feel like I drink wine. Every day. I feel like I drink it four or five days a week. I try to have two days it's pretty off. pretty impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I try and have two days off, you know. Yeah, you
0: know. Gotta give
1: to, the tongue a break. Just to calibrate, yeah, just to
0: calibrate the palate. Mm, no, I find it, I just find wine fascinating. I mm. guess it's like any industry that you're not in, like you would mm. probably look at the flower world and be like, whoa, what is mm. all this nonsense? Mm. But it's just because you're not in it day to day. Um. But yeah, I'd really love to know what. what is your like, where do you want
1: Dalston Wine Club to go? Obviously, you have Notting Hill Wine
0: Club as well, right?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm currently just trying to decide where Notting Hill Wine Club is going to go. Um, We did, like, a whole big event, which is really cool, like, in the exact same way that we do Dalston Wine Club. But I feel like Notting Hill is such a different area to Dalston in good ways mm-hmm. and in, like, not-so-similar ways. So, kind of, like, I think that something a lot more intimate suits Notting Hill a bit better. Yeah. Dalston Hill is all about the community, but I feel like Notting Hill, like the residents and like the people that kind of are around the area resonate more with, like intimate like curated experiences love that which is amazing so it's something completely different to what because like Dostal Wine Club is like a massive free-for-all where like everyone can just yeah. come drink wine and like make friends
0: would you ever do like a supper club where you
1: do pairings funny you should say that Kai, did but... I oh <laughs> <laughs> funny you should say that um I'm actually doing a um sub club in Lalo the members club in i love lay Ah, oh, uh, well so i'm nice. doing i'm doing with brie very soon brie graham amazing. she's an amazing recipe um aussie recipe developer she's absolutely how incredible. exciting it's gonna be good we're gonna do like three courses um it's gonna be the first time in a while that i've paired wine for specific dishes so i'm really excited to see how it's gonna go and you're not pairing them with mcdonald's uh unfortunately not um we're Which gonna have would be the basis for a very good event Dare I say it? Oh, oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should. Maybe we maybe. should make it happen. Maybe that'll be the next event that maybe. we do. Um, but yeah, we're doing like an Italian-inspired menu, so we're going to be doing like a really nice acidic orange one with like a peach and tomato mozzarella Oof. salad. Oh, you're talking my language. A really lovely kind of slight, like a bit of a twist on a super Tuscan, with a really deep, earthy, creamy walnut pasta. Oof. And then a lovely pavlova for dessert. Talking something dirty pink and to sparkling. me. Sparkling, I know. I need to. Mama
0: mia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm okay. I'm I know we've been talking about everything, but I am keen to know what the third wine is mm. while you eat
1: your nugget. Let's do it. So, I'm going to read out a quote from Neil Martin. Oh, a very big Neil wine Martin. critic about this one. The 2018 Burgoyne Cote d'Auxerre Piermont has an attractive bouquet of lemon curd, white pepper, chai tea, and orange pith. The palate is well balanced with a fine, detailed, quite saline entry. There is more of a marine influence in this cuvee and the Kimmergian limestone, I'm sorry that was really bad, (laughs) lends impressive tension and energy on the finish. Excellent. 92 points. 92 points? Is that how you score wine with points? It's weird. So we can go into this, I guess. Yeah. So like a lot of kind of like the traditional like wine critics will score things over 100. But unfortunately, there's kind of like been this like unless a wine is like completely and totally abysmal. Everything is kind of, like, grouped and clustered around, like, the 80s and the 90s region. Okay. So, like, you will not go onto, like, somewhere like Decanter or Wine Advocate or Jancis Robinson's website and see something, like, scored, like, 30 points. Like, it just won't happen. Unless it's, like, totally abysmal. Interesting. But it's... and, And then, like, there's, like, paywalls so that you can't see what Jancis has scored things. Like, unless you, like, subscribe to her thing. And that's how, like, these, like, very um established wine critics make their money but like i do not know anyone in their 20s that pays for something like that Mm-mm. i just think it's no. crazy i think hi sorry do you have a wine that's rated in the 80 to 90 range uh, no i don't because i don't <laughs> score one um but like even i just find it so interesting i think that like the way that wine is going to be marketed and the way that wine is going to be drunk is going to change so drastically over the next couple of years because the, the, flood, the floodgates have seriously opened um more young people are enjoying wine like more than ever before yeah and they don't resonate with scores they resonate with opinion people that they trust they resonate with like people and like increasingly restaurants that they Mm -hmm. trust um i think it was Brody from top cuvee um a lovely mate um who said that the way he kind of hit the nail on the head he said the way that wine is marketed is totally anti-consumer Mm. I was like damn you're right because like it's everything in the way that it's sold and the language it's used in and where the shops are it's only really appealing to one specific person i.e. someone who is already in the club who knows what to look for and speaks the language.
0: Oh I do find it quite annoying though if I ever go into a wine shop and they go what are you looking for I'm like "Um..." I don't fucking know. I'm like um a white wine to take to a barbecue they're like but do you want something (laughs) crisp fresh yeah fruity like there are more complex words and i'm like oh like when people say do you want a textured wine i'm like i
1: don't know what does textured mean
0: like i feel a bit embarrassed to be like excuse me don't know what that means
1: that's the thing like i talk about this double edged sword of um talking about wine like either you feel like so mortified and embarrassed mm-hmm. like to even talk about wine in the first place <laughs> or the other edge of that horrible sword is that you do know a bit but you and feel you like know- a massive wanker yeah. if you say anything <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. yeah i feel like you, you can't, can't win, win in that sense but you know what you can win what? you can win a double, a double cord cord quarter pounder cheese which <laughs> i didn't know existed until this very second really because i'm uh what my order-, order well my mcdonald's order hasn't changed for like the last since I was late half McDonald's, basically. So I used to be a chicken nugget gal I when I was like super little nugget. because they're super cute and small and they're made of chicken. Chicken's good. Um, and then I kind of like graduated qu- to quarter like maybe in my early teens. And I'm just like, my order's been the same ever since. I've never had a filet. Like, was that a fish I've filet. had a fi- fish
0: filet fish
1: <laughs> A filet fish <laughs> uh, 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 Pardon moi. Pardon Can I have the filet of fish um, They're quite good. Yeah, but like I'm a bit of a purist. Like, I love a quarter pounder. I just think the ratio is so fucking perfect. The two buns, the patty, the onions, the mustard, and the gherkins. I'm a big lover of pickles.
0: Do you know what I always do? I always what? make the order. Uh, I say, like, extra pickles or something extra so then they have to make it fresh and it's not just a ready-made one.
1: So I'm a sneaky gal. Are you Sneak? sure they don't make the pickles fresh and then they just stick it on an old burger?
0: They could do, but if they do, that's, you know wouldn't they make them and wrap them up so they're ready to go? So you'd have to unwrap. Anyways, that's my McDonald's theory. Talk to me about this wine. <laughs> okay, do you want to pass your glass? Yes, hold on.
1: I'm passing to you across the table. For the purposes of the tape, Kai is passing me a glass and I'm filling it with delicious wine. Wow, um, what so a nice glass. This wine is super gorgeous. Um I was it tasting lovely. it. Yeah, just tasting it with Emil and also shout out to Oliver from Gnarly Vines, legend. Only met him once today already absolutely adore him. And he's, he's great. on the podcast. Rude. And <laughs> and he's on the podcast. Well like, I was actually like listening to um the off-menu podcast and they also got mentioned. So I was like, damn, okay. Mm. Okay. Big time. Um so beautiful gothic handwriting um on the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um gorgeous kind of like laminate shiny red. It looks like a classic burgundy bottle slash heavy metal album. Um so this <laughs> is from Monthilian Cote de Beaune, um the homeland, the heartland of amazing Pinot Noir. Anyone will tell you that Burgundy isn't the place to go if you want, like, ethereal, beautiful, earthy Pinot Noir. Ethereal. Ethereal is a word that I've heard used increasingly, and uh, who am I to argue? I'm going to take a bite of my burger while you talk, because we need to do it in
0: alternative, you know, alternating things.
1: So this is a woman winemaker, which we love to see. Um, Mm. It's a, yeah, like I say, like 100% Pinot Noir, hand-harvested, natural yeast still in the grape, um, unfined, unfiltered, um, so this is a really perfumed wine, um, gorgeous kind of like soft tannins, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. but like a really nice, like subtle earthiness that you get with like really quality Pinot Noir, which mm. I think is going to go so amazing with the sesame, like the umami from the sesame and like all the earthiness from the ground beef. Mm. Well, I've just had a sip of that delightful wine and I will say it pairs quite well.
0: Mm. Um, is it a rule that you're meant to drink red wine with beef? Is that a thing?
1: It is a thing, but, like, it's a rule that, like, eight times out of ten works. Mm. Because, like, it also depends how you prepare your beef. Like, for example, like if Donald? you're having, like, a beef faux, like, something incredibly aromatic with, like, lovely, like, lemongrass and chili, mm. something like an orange wine could go just as well. Because orange wine is so much more suited to, like, being naturally, like, quite textured and like rich and aromatic but generally red wine and like is it more like rich like
0: like a steak situation or like like a beefy casserole is that what you'd pair with a red wine
1: it all depends on kind of like the structure of the red wine mm. so something like a Beaujolais like it's 100% Gamay, really light, especially like a young Beaujolais so something really really light and fruity is gonna get like completely like overwhelmed by something mm-hmm. like a really rustic meat casserole or, like, a massive tomahawk steak with, like, Yum. blue cheese. Yum. Yum. Talk dirty mm. to me. Um, something like that is going to be, com- like, a game is going to be completely overwhelmed. So, mm. in that in that case, like, a game is, like, more suited to, like, like like cold cuts of, like, charcuterie or. Now you're talking dirty to me, <laughs> charcuterie. Know, even, even something like a really, like, rich fish, like a tuna or something. Yum. Although, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's something, like, a bit more like a moulin avant gamay. Anyway, I digress. But in that case, like, you've got to kind of consider, like, the structure of the red wine, like, how it's, like, how the overall mouth feels. And, like, when you're kind of, like, pairing wine with menus, you can't just look at it and be like, right. I mean, you like, you look at it and you have, like, a vague idea of where you want to mm-hmm. go. But it isn't until, like, you taste the actual wines, you feel a structure in your mouth, you feel, like, all of the subtle notes. You feel the finish as well. The finish is really, really important to kind of, like, assessing, like, a wine's quality and how good it is. Only then can you decide how it's going to taste with the food. Like mm. rules work again. Like I say, eighty percent of the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Like you can't really go wrong with like, for example, like a super Tuscan with like pretty much anything. Like really big and meaty, and you can't really go wrong with oysters and champagne. Like there's literally no way to go wrong.
0: What would be then your top tip for people pairing wine with like dinners or foods at home? Mm,
1: that's a really good question. I have to think. Thank you. That. I have to think about that for a minute. Um, I think if you haven't tasted the wine before, I honestly think people that haven't gotten the orange wine hype before get on the orange wine hype. I do love an orange wine. It's such an easy wine to pair with things because the way that it's made, so orange wine is made by um, leaving, um, once you press a wine, um, you leave the grape skins in contact with the juice that's pressed for uh, an amount of time which imparts texture and also imparts like the really gorgeous golden color. So naturally it's like very textured so Mm. it can stand up to and like support like some more like intense structured dishes. Like I don't know, like rich white fish, chicken, Mm -hmm. um, even like some lighter beef dishes. Then it's also like so aromatic. So like infamously like really tricky foods to pair like Thai, Vietnamese, like orange wine, like just sings with because it matches those aromatics delicious so i would say like yeah unless you're not already on the orange wine hype get on that because it is such a great easy pairing wine otherwise like i don't know yeah i would say kind of like yeah i i think i think that's a good tip orange wine
0: yeah mm. i actually have a t-shirt from top Cuvée that says orange wine on it oh. um it's pink and tie-dyed and i really enjoy it mm. and I feel like a bit of a wanker when I wear it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it last year and I was like, oh boy, questionable decision, but
1: I'll rep it. I'll wear it. looks cute with some jeans. I have to say, I was doubting the choice of two patties from McDonald's, but now that I'm eating it, I had to really this your first it. double quarter pounder? Mm. Whoa. No, I
0: love yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Oh, sorry. I didn't really get what you meant that you hadn't had one. You
1: just listened to me go on a spiel about quarter pounders. Like, uh-huh. yeah, cool, I was I like, cool, cool. Cool. great.
0: <laughs> oh. Mm. the double patty is great um the only questions really i have for you now are yeah, regarding our it. playlist so Hello. we have the flowers after hours playlist where every guest adds three songs to it and then i add three songs and it's just kind of like what you're in the mood for that week you know and then mm. at the end of our season we'll just have a playlist full of the most random songs you've ever heard but we update Excellent. it every time it's it's pretty funny yeah. um so i was just wondering what your three songs were this week
1: yeah, so um, my three songs are Bonnie by Prefab Sprout, mm-hmm. Cowgirl on the Sand by Neil Young, mm-hmm. and The Body Remix by Tion Wayne and Russ Millions.
0: Love that. You'll find them on our playlist and yeah. you'll be able to listen to them. My three are Lotus Blossom by Michael Franks, Free mm-hmm. by Denise Williams, and then there's actually an isolation playlist by Palms Tracks. And I found a playlist on Spotify that has broken down every song in it. And I really like this one called Work It Out by Leroy Burgess, Burgess, oh, Burgess, Burgess, Burgess. Uh, which is really good. So you'll find them on the playlist as well. Excellent. Um, for a boogie.
1: And final question to Jure, mm-hmm. what's your favorite flower? My favorite flower is, no one. Judge, no one judge me. I love peonies so much. I wouldn't judge you
0: unless you called it a peony, in which case I'd slap you.
1: My little peony. <laughs> Um, my mum yeah. calls it a peony and I'm like, mum, shut up, mum. Shut up, Oh my mom. god, mum, they peonies, not peonies, <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, no, I love peonies. Um, I remember seeing something on Made in Chelsea not too long ago. Which oh, no. Did, oh, well, yeah. First, first step, I've, like, failed because I've been watching Made in Chelsea. But, um, yeah, I remember a character saying, like, I feel like peonies have been ruined by basic bitches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, okay, I get it. But there is no denying, like, how gorgeous they are like they're so beautiful like i love like a big meaty flower oh a big meaty flower i like a big meaty flower because i grew up in the countryside you like the double quarter pounder cheese burgers of flowers the double quarter pounder of flowers i love it um yeah i i kind of like grew up in the countryside so i'd see like meadow flowers all the time so like seeing something big and huge is like quite alien to me I'm big flavor I've yet to have been bought peonies by any person. Hint,
0: hint, 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 hint,
1: hint, 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 If anybody, woman, man, living or dead, wants to buy me some peonies. You don't have long because they're nearly out of season, so yeah, hurry, up. Yeah, <laughs> hurry up. Yeah, hurry up. What colour would be your
0: colour of choice, just for reference? I don't actually know what colours you can get them in. I've only really ever so seen pink So you've colors. got like a lovely burgundy colour, you know, okay. rich like this wine. Mm. Then you've got like a coral charm, so it's like a really, really corally colour. And then as it ages, it mm-hmm. actually changes to like a pale pink and then a cream. Quite mm. cool. There's also Coral Sunset, which doesn't do that. It just stays coral. Then you've got Sarah Bernard, which is like, imagine like frothy strawberry milkshake colors, baby Mm. pink with little speckles. You've got plain old white
1: ones. And then there's another one. There's like tree peonies. There's so many you need to. I like the strawberry milkshake ones. Love that. Like when I was little, I used to get strawberry milkshake from McDonald's. And there we go full circle. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. No, it has been a treat chatting to
0: you. Thank you for educating me and everyone listening about wine slurping
1: swooshing all of the above no spitting there's, no. there's, there's no, no spitting my spit to swallow it oh, that sounds really that, nice. so I and that. stop there ah. <laughs> no it's
0: been a pleasure talking to you <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's been such an honor and yeah thank you very much for inviting me and treating me to this lovely mcdonald's it's been an absolute delight bye bye
0: bye